I, I wanted to call today's talk, There's Something About That Name. And I know just a couple of weeks ago, I did a talk called, Are We Christians? And go back two weeks and listen to that talk. Today is about the word Jesus and the word Jesus Christ. And it's interesting to me how I, I remember one Sunday, it's a few years back, it's been several years now, and somebody came up to me and told me, they weren't going to come here anymore because I talked too much about Jesus. And on that same Sunday, somebody came up to me and said, how come you never talk about Jesus? And it's like, okay. Uh, some people cannot bear to hear the word Jesus. They were so abused by the word Jesus. It, it was shoved down their throats in a way they were forced to believe, but they, but it was always, it was done, obviously it was done for those people with a, as a punishment and as a threat. And I, I was brought up rather confused about the, the name and the word and the person and everything because it seemed like Jesus was a go through or go between, between me and God. And that made no sense because it's, if, if I'm hearing, you'll do all the, all that I do and greater. Seemed to me I could go directly to God. I, today I would say I can go directly to the source, but I didn't have that word back then. And so I started praying directly to God because I didn't know from I didn't know about praying from a consciousness of God, and we'll talk about that more. And so, but I left. So I left Jesus by the wayside. I didn't understand it. I felt like Jesus was used to threaten me. And sometimes, you, what I see on Facebook and places, I. Uh, I still feel like people want to threaten me with Jesus. And it's like, no, you're missing the point. You're just missing the point there. Uh, Jesus metaphysically is the awakened man. You know, uh, Jesus Christ is the awakened man. But Jesus is considered uh, the man who accepted his oneness with God. Was he the only one? No, of course not. But we don't want him to be the only one. We want to do that ourselves. And I'm going to read a piece today from A Course in Miracles that I really appreciate how they explain uh, Jesus. And it, it, it's logical to me, and it's uh, it's a little highfalutin in some of the languaging, but it, I, still, I still think it's terrific. Then we'll discuss it a little more. And this is, comes from the clarification of terms, uh, Jesus and Christ, C51. And it says, there's no need for help to enter heaven for you have never left. Well, there's the start of it. So we've never left heaven. It means we were in heaven. And most of, I think most of us who are planning to go to heaven uh, didn't realize we'd ever been there. And, uh, or that heaven, of course, is a consciousness. And now what, what Course in Miracles tells us, there's no need for help to enter heaven, for you have never left. Which means we're in heaven. And what does sentence two tell us? But there is need for help beyond yourself, as you are circumscribed by false beliefs of your identity, which God alone established in reality, meaning God established our identity. And we have been busy telling ourselves what our identity is. And for the, we're not saying such nice things about our identity, quite frankly. And, you know, I can say I am good all day long. Doesn't mean I believe it. Uh, too often, I still based my belief on myself, on my circumstances, my surroundings, how I treat the world and how the world treats me. Because clearly, if I were the, the 
son of God, I would be treated better, wouldn't I? Because Jesus clearly was treated so well on earth. Uh, but we don't think of it in those terms, do we? Helpers are giving you in many forms, although in truth they are one. Beyond each one, there is a thought of God, and this will never change. But they have names which differ for a time, for time needs symbols, being itself unreal, saying that time does not exist. There is, time is unreal. We made it up in order to agree and dis, and uh, to both agree and disagree but to establish communication. And I love that, they, that the Course in Miracles says time needs symbols. And so throughout time, it's just like fashions change. Well, religious fashion changes and spiritual fashion changes. And uh, it's a funny thing, the, the fundamentalist, the, the born again Christianity, that's only been around since like the 1950s. Just shocking, and we, we are not born again here. Uh, and I don't wanna criticize them, even, but I do think they're rather limited in there understanding and uh but it's sure it had to come out of a great need it came after uh it came after world war ii and it started in america and i think it was a great need to somehow identify with god or the oneself as a as a child of god in a new way but it really left out the love of god it leaves it leaves heaven out of out of the picture. It incorporates hell in very diligently, but it does not incorporate the heaven consciousness. And to me, that's the big thing that's missing uh, uh, from fundamentalist Christianity. Uh, I love this, but they have names. Time needs symbols. Their names are legion, but we will not be go beyond the names the course itself employs. God does not help because God doesn't know need. No, I got an itch. Ugh. Okay, somebody's out. Christians are mad at me. Uh, <laughs> that's awful. That's awful. We cannot delete that, but uh, uh, it says here, God does not help because he knows no need. And, and, and I said this often, God doesn't, God's not worried about our problems. God is not a person. God is not grandma. God is not grandpa. God is God. God is principle. God is love. God is wisdom. Some people say, how could God let this happen? How could God let COVID happen? How could God let Nazism happen? How could God let anti-Semitism, racism happen? How could God let that happen? And really, we need to be asking the question, how does man let this continue to happen? How did man start it in the first place? And how will man abolish it? Because God is not prejudiced. God is not racist. People are. And let me tell you, people do that kind of stuff because they think they're awful. So many people think they are just awful and they're trying to find some way to lift themselves up. And the way you do that is you find someone else to put down. And uh, what I'll tell you is let's put our hatred down and start pursuing God more, start pursuing a greater understanding of the life that Jesus lived and what he taught. So let's move on here. So God does not help because he knows no need, but he creates all helpers of his son. What is his son? The Christ. While he believes his fantasies are true. Thank God for them. They will lead you home. So the name of Jesus is the name of one who was a man, but saw the face of Christ in all his brothers 
and remembered God. And it should be all his brothers and sisters. Jesus was a man who saw the face of Christ in all his brothers and sisters. That's what makes him different. Do you and I see the face of Christ? What's the face of Christ? What is Christ? Christ is the Son of God, not Jesus. Christ is the Son of God. Do you and I recognize Christ in the Son, or as the Son in everyone? Absolutely everyone? Uh, most of us pick and choose. I like this one. I don't like this one. This one's evil. This one's, oh, this one's a saint. Oh, this one. Uh, we must start seeing the face of Christ in everybody. And the first thing I suggest you do uh, is look in a mirror and recognize the face of Christ right there. Hi, God. Hi, God. You know, look at God in the eye when you look in your mirror at home and then use all beings as mirrors. Hi, God. And silently, as you go out on your day, hi. silently say to everyone you come in contact with, hi, God, hi, God. When you turn your TV on, say to every character, it's a great exercise, say to every single character, hi, God, hi, God, hi, God. All I can imagine is as David and I are watching A Place to Call Home, if we looked at Regina and said, hi, God, it would be a, it would really be a wonderful exercise for us in the rising up of our own Christ nature. And, and so, he became identified with Christ. A man no longer, but at one with God. The man was illusion, for he seemed to be a separate being, walking by himself within a body that appeared to hold his self from self, as all illusions do. Yet who can save unless he sees illusions and then identifies them as what they are? Now listen to this. Jesus remains a savior because he saw the false without accepting it as true. And that's where a lot of us fall short of the ideal and do not match up to Jesus. And we think, oh, I could never do that. But we can. Jesus said we would. Uh, but we can do it. We can do it starting today. Just one person at a time. We, we, begin, we know one, I, one person, one behavior one incident, one situation, one political thing uh, at a time. Uh, because because, because he, uh, he saw the false without accepting it as true. And so when we see sin, sickness, and death, could we acknowledge it as something we see but not claim it to be the truth? Would you be willing to do that? Would I be willing to do that? Would we begin to see each other and, and we, we recognize our thoughts of sin, sickness, and death, but we don't claim them as true. We don't claim our money, whether we have a lot of it or a little of it, as true. Everything then starts to become an illusion and the only reality then is love. The only reality is peace. The only reality is principle, divine law. What the reality becomes that which does not change. All that other stuff I talked about, it changes round and round and round. That's why we no longer accept it as true in our lives. These are conditions, not true. We could begin to save our own mind from the belief in what is not true. 
Christ needed his form that he might appear to men and women and save them from their own illusions. In his complete identification with the Christ, the perfect Son of God, his one creation and his happiness forever like himself and one with him, Jesus became what all of us must be. Jesus was willing to lead the path. I'm not saying he's the only one who led the path, but he's the one we know about the most. And uh, but it's funny, we know him about him the most, but we know the least about him because we don't want to uh, do what he did. Or at least we don't want to do the work that he did to do what he did. We don't want to sacrifice our opinions in order to do the work that he did. But it is within us. And it's not about waiting till we die. It's not about waiting till later. It's right now. I want the, the Christ in me is awake now. The Christ in me is awake now. And if the Christ in me is awake now, am I going to have a big, ugly discussion about politicians? If the Christ in me is awake now, am I going to have a big uh, attacking conversation about my neighbors? If the Christ in me is awake now, am I going to talk about the falsehoods of money? If the Christ in me is awake now, am I going to sit and criticize you? If the Christ in me is awake now, am I going to sit and criticize me? If the Christ in me is awake now, am I going to hate myself yet another minute for uh, not realizing this before now? It makes a big difference. It really makes a big difference. And I'm going to a gathering this afternoon. Let's see how much of this I remember. And so Jesus became all of what all of you must be. He led the way for us to follow him. He leads us back to God because he saw the road before him and he followed it. So when he says, follow me, he, he, he found a way. He, made a, he doesn't say worship me, he says follow me. He made a clear distinction, still obscure to many of us, between the false and the true. He offered us a final demonstration that it is impossible to kill God's son, meaning the Christ nor can his life in any way be changed by sin and evil, malice, fear, or death. And therefore, all of our sins have been forgiven because they carried no effects at all. That was the point of the crucifixion, is to prove that death is not a reality. It is an experience. It is not a reality. And so, all that stuff, all those effects, they were but dreams. So arise with him who showed you this, because you owe him this and shared your dreams what they might that they might be dispelled and shares them still to be at one with you. Is he the Christ? Oh yes, along with you. You are the Christ. I am the Christ. His little life on earth was not enough to teach the mighty lesson that he learned for all of us. He will remain with us to lead us from the hell we we made to God. And when we join our will with Jesus, our sight will be his vision, for the eyes of Christ are shared. Walking with him is just as natural as walking with the brother whom you knew since you were born, for such indeed he is. Some bitter idols have been made of him who would be only brother to the world. Forgive him your illusions, and behold now how dear a brother he would be to you, for he will set your mind at rest, and at last carry it with you unto your God. Is he God's only helper? No. For Christ takes many forms. 
with different names until their oneness can be recognized. But Jesus is for you the bearer of Christ's single message of the love of God. You need no other. It is possible to read his words and benefit from them without accepting him into your life. Yet he would help you yet a little more if you will share your pains and joys with him and leave them both to find the peace of God. Yet still it is his lesson, most of us, most of all, that he would have you learn, and it is this. There is no death. Because the Son of God is like its fathers. Nothing you can do can change eternal life. Forget your dream of sin and guilt and come with me instead to share the resurrection of God's Son and bring with you all those whom he has sent to you to care for as I care for you. Today, let's look at Jesus in a new and improved way. Rather than rejecting the Jesus theory, the Jesus uh, teachings, let's look to see how we can prove them true. Not so that we may worship Jesus. There would be no advantage to worshiping Jesus. But as Kenneth sang, there is something about that name. Charles and Myrtle Fillmore definitely thought so, the co-founders of Unity. They definitely thought there was something about that name. And, and if you go to a website called uh, truthunity.net and you type in uh, Jesus, or you type in how to look at Jesus or how to see Jesus or how to practice Jesus, or you type in May Rowland about Jesus, you will find so many fascinating articles about the practice of Jesus. Charles Fillmore in his book, I think it was talks on, no, it was called Jesus Christ Heals is the book. And he talks about that just using the words Jesus Christ can move mountains. Emma Curtis Hopkins, the grandmother of New Thought, she taught the Fillmores this. Just using those words, those words have such power and such impact. Now, they didn't just happen that way. They have such impact because of what man has given to those words. And so I, I, I'll tell an example. I've told it to many a class. I've told it in church here before, but it's been a while. There was a Sunday many years ago. I was, we still lived in New York, and I was going to pick David up at the airport on a Sunday evening at Newark. And I had his car, and I, I wasn't used to driving a lot then. But I was going down uh, 11th Avenue, 6 o'clock on a Sunday, and I, I, I can't remember what time I had to pick him up. But at the rate the traffic was going, I was going to be really, really late. And time perhaps meant too much to me. And, and I, uh, but I, I started to get worried. And I, I was teaching that class from that book at that time, Jesus Christ Heals. And Charles Fillmore said, using those words can change, can move mountains. And I, so I thought, I will prove that teaching true right now. And I said, Jesus Christ clears this traffic right now and nothing changed there was no difference and i thought the teaching i have i absolutely believe the teaching was true so how am i misapplying the teaching and i thought i'm still talking about traffic and i i want to be out of traffic not in traffic so i guess i need to take the word traffic out of my prayer and incorporate what it is i want so i declared Jesus Christ sails me to Newark Airport now, easily and effortlessly. And suddenly I got around four cars. And I said, Jesus Christ continues 
to say me to Newark. And I, I was around four, within less than five minutes, I was through the tunnel, the, the Lincoln Tunnel, and zipping out the highway to Newark Airport. And I proved the principle true. You see, once I took what I don't want out of the prayer, and I put what I wanted to, and I prayed believing my teacher said used the words Jesus Christ. It didn't say Jesus the man, it said Jesus Christ. I have Using those words in prayer have, have the power to have great effect, cause and effect. And I used them and, and conditions changed. So now, what if all of us began to use the words Jesus Christ for what we want? Well, we would have to take what we don't want out of the equation. It's not Jesus Christ gets rid of this now. That won't. That's not effective, and it's all it does is maintain my thought of what I don't want. See, there's something about that name that can help us to an awakened consciousness, and we can misuse that name to maintain our closed consciousness. Which do you want? Which are you going to use? You know, Jesus Christ speeds the way to my healing now. Jesus Christ opens my mind to a greater healing right here and right now. Now, granted, one should believe at least 50% that it's possible for that to work, but it's not a magic incantation. It is a collective consciousness that believes in those words. I'm going to read something for us all from the Holy Spirit's interpretation. And it comes from Romans chapter 5. No, chapter 6. Starts with verse 5. It says here, Jesus is a symbol of all that is possible with you. Because Jesus lived as a symbol of all that is true of you. You are Jesus and Jesus is you. There's no separation between him and you. You know this if you close your eyes. For when you close your eyes, you can find him there. He is a part of you within you, a being within your soul. Jesus is a part of you so that all that he accomplished, he accomplished within you. And that which has been accomplished within you has been accomplished by you. So that it may continue to be accomplished until it has been accomplished in full. Do you need a healing? Jesus knew how to heal. Call upon the healing consciousness of uh, Jesus Christ for your healing and quit talking about sickness. Jesus understood prosperity. If you want to prosper, call upon the healing consciousness of uh, Jesus and quit talking about lack and poverty. Jesus knew how to uh, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, and he put his apostles out there to do the same. Well, we can do all that Jesus did, I believe, because he said I could. And so now it is my job to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to live my life in a new consciousness. Because here's the deal. I have a way to prove everything I have said today wrong and false. 
but why would I want to do that? And why would you want to prove me wrong and false today? Prove me true. Prove me now. Prove God now. Prove life now. Prove Jesus now. Take what I have said today and use it. Apply it. And develop such greater confidence in your, li in your life and the living of it. But I remind us all now, <laughs> quit affirming what we don't want and begin to affirm what we do. Do not become for getting rid of something. Become for having and experiencing the love that you want, the joy that you want, the peace that you want, the harmony that you want, the prosperity that you want. Let your mind and your body and your lives begin to thrive anew with the love of God that Jesus offered first to himself and then to us. And today I seek to offer to myself and then all of us. I thank you for joining in today as Unity Center of Norwalk. May we go forward demonstrating the promises that our ancestors offered. Thank you.